Welcome to the Everyday Heroes podcast. I'm your host, Philip Brady, and it is my honor to bring you this next episode. It is my hope, ambition, and purpose to inspire, guide, and equip people like you and I with the tools, stories, strategies, hope, and inspiration to make the difference only we can make. This podcast will highlight examples of mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, friends, and colleagues who have risen above circumstance, braved the odds, and come out of the other end more successful, more grounded, more inspiring, more kind, and more grateful. And that is my hope for you. And now to the show. gold (laughs) (laughs) so the first part of this podcast is going to be me laughing at something that you've just said that's wise beyond your years right so oh thanks well depends on how many years you think i have (laughs) (laughs) nicole thank you firstly for taking the time it's an honor to have people like you on a podcast like this when it's in its infancy you're my third guest so this i hope you feel the honor I am slaying all day. Thank you for having me. It's an (laughs) honor to be asked to come on. Good. And I I think the reason I wanted you to be on it is a couple of things. I think when we met at the Elite Business Day, Mm -hmm. you shared a, I guess, a mission or a purpose around why you were studying to be a PT. And Mm -hmm. so I had to get you on and kind of unpick that journey a little bit, but also just share your story with other people then as well about what you're trying to do and why. And the reason for this podcast, I don't know if I told you this, is I want to really try and inspire people who may feel ordinary, but show mm-hmm. them through examples from other people that you could be beside in the queue in Sainsbury's or Tesco. You're yep. capable of unbelievable things. We just need to stop believing the bullshit stories that hold us back. 100%. So that's the aim. So for anybody listening, firstly, thank you. Nicole, do you want to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about you, what you're up to and what's going on for you in your life at the moment? Oh, this chapter. Mm, this is an interesting one because you sent me this in the questions, like what's going on in this chapter of your life? And I'm like, oh, Jesus, if you know, you probably know better than me. <laughs> um, well, I would say the chapter I have in my life that I'm probably just, maybe, I don't know if I'm finishing this one and moving on to the next one stage of evolution, but it's definitely been an awakening. It's been one of those ones where I took the leap and I decided to go after what I wanted and I've stopped making excuses for things. I would have been a really, really good like excuse maker, probably made an art form out of that. Um, even though I would tell everybody that else around me to stop making excuses, but like we are in the in the chapter of getting rid of those. So basically, um on New Year's Eve, it was a bit like somebody came into my life and went. Have you ever seen that bit of Father of the Bride where Frank Egelhofer gets to the house and he goes, oh, it's very nice. We change it all, though. <laughs> Basically, that felt like I was happening. I was kind of coasting. I was depending on other people. I was doing fine. But do you know what I mean? I wasn't about to set the world alight or anything. And then it was like New Year's Eve. One thing happened, like I lost my job. <laughs> like it was just basically. Yeah. I can't there was a load of things happened but I can't remember what it was oh yeah started um started studying ACA um yeah just like basically it was like somebody came into my life and just went right we're flipping the table oh no I remember sorry this is the real tangent I remember like um don't know if you believe and I, I was going through a wee bit of a phase where I was finding my fate with spirituality and like beliefs and manifestation and things like that and I was just sitting there thinking about what I wanted and what I wanted for 2022 and I was like I want to set to use the first six months to the to a year of 2022 to build myself up for the life I want I want to set myself up for the life I'm going to have and I thought I would have it done in six months but like you know I also thought about CEO of a multinational corporation by the time I was 25 whenever I was 19 so that just shows you how delusional I am on time um, but so basically um, I was decided that things were going to change that this is the year it was going to happen and it was like on New Year's Eve the universe or God or Buddha or whoever you believe in came in and went you wanted you wanted the decks cleared they're cleared everything every relationship every person every like excuse like 
ever like it was literally just like okay go the path is clear off start your engine let's see what you've got so it's kind of like okay so then started signed up for the ECA course I remember actually saying to um Lenny on my last day I was like oh signing up for that like closing that sale was the best thing you ever did you've changed my life and he's like Nicole to be fair it wasn't that hard like all you had to do was like hang on let me go ask my dad because <laughs> <laughs> I was in the financial situation my dad paid for my course so um yeah that was a big help thanks for that I will get it back it's just a matter of when um but yes yeah, so essentially now that that's done it's time to start the work so we've done the soul search and we've learned the lessons we've like learned the self-belief exercises we've got rid of the excuses got rid of the bullshit and now it's like okay we've done that shedding bit so it's time to like put the work in it's the it's the six month of sonic that's what i'm calling it sonic the hedgehog <laughs> nice and i love that clearing of the decks or like a blank page almost right it so was so crazy healing. it was like it was honestly like i had i was sitting at a really cluttered table and somebody just put their arm across it and cleared it it was insane it was and it happened in the space of 24 to 48 hours and I remember everybody around me was panicking and I was chilled. I was like, it's fine. This is exactly what I've asked for. This is exactly what it's meant to happen. It's not exactly happening in the way I want it to happen or the way that I possibly would like it to happen, but it's happening in the way that's best for me. And, and so I'm was fine this with a this. feeling or was this like a mental space that just cleared or what was, no, the, it was like, like, how did in, it show up? What do you mean? The feeling of certainty and like, okay with it. Or just the clearing of all that stuff? Um, well, my job contract, that was, that ended. Okay, got it. With no notice, basically. So I was like, right. So I set about the task of searching for a new job. I did 37 interviews in four weeks. Um, got a job that I'm in now. It's great. Absolutely lovely lovely <laughs> so lucky to have it with an amazing company and an amazing team around me and I have so much to learn in this role um that I'm really I'm really really excited for it so I started that job while studying alongside ECA so it was literally like okay I'm finally doing the steps of learning to be a personal trainer and a coach but I'm also learning to be the head of an apartment so it's like right so we're learning a lot of things um and then as well it was just really strange I'm Ash and I it feels so long ago I'm trying to remember what else happened but I think there was like some financial stuff that I did clear that went that was just gone um there was like other ties to various different things that it was a relationship that just ended overnight there was um and with no drama it was just over um and it was like anything or anyone or any sort of energy that was holding me back just sort of evaporated in the space of a day. It was really bizarre. Like, I really can't explain it. It was so strange. Um, but it was very, I was, it was weird because everybody around me was like freaking out. Like my mom was crying. My dad was like ready to have a pop, but my parents are panickers. They're like, my they've government jobs. My mom grew up while going to civil service. My dad's a teacher. They're like, get your pension, get married, buy your house. Like my dad has sent me mortgage offers from the post office, like on a weekly basis since I was 19. Like that's just what he does. He used to like buy a house and I'm like, oh, all these. <laughs> but um, that's just what like we're just built differently so I can understand they were thinking oh my god she's no safety net and I was like no I completely trust this this is Kai and he was like my parents were like are you on drugs <laughs> like what is it and I was like no it's honestly fine like it's gonna be fine I'm exactly where I need to be this is my chance to build things and my mom was like you're delusional like you are crazy and I was just like no honestly it's, it's completely fine it's exactly where it needs to be I'm fine it's good it's all good. It's the image that comes to mind is like a lighthouse in a storm. So you're super yeah. clear on what your light or your direction is in into the future. Yeah. But there's chaos or a storm going on around oh, you. Oh yeah. But you're actually really grounded and set where you are and clear and where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It was definitely chaos. There's still stormy chaos around me. There definitely is. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be bits where the waves are really high and, you know, shit might sink or something. But, you know, what? shit happens. Like it's fine. You get over it. Build a new one. You'd like lash a couple of sea turtles together with hair from your back. You know, Jack Sparrow. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, it definitely taught me 
adversity it taught me oh yeah I remember else <laughs> I was trying to remember what else I started um it was in January after the death of Ashley Murphy I started a network of walking groups across Ireland called Steps to Freedom and it really took off it sort of exploded so between that and the 37 job interviews we're doing and then starting at ECA it was a busy January like that was crazy and also yeah I cleaned up my entire wardrobe got rid of so many clothes I think I threw out 17 bags of clothes and don't ask me how if someone has 17 bags of clothes I hoard things I'm a hoarder but it was just yeah literally I'm sure she understands but it was just like yeah that it was really weird it was just the whole decks were just cleared the whole time and then there was a job I really wanted and I was definitely sure I had it and basically was told in my face in the final interview that I had it and then got an email on Monday on three days later to be like no I changed your mind and I was like what but at the same time I was like well if that's if that's how that works and then I'm better not getting that job I ended up getting a far better one so basically yeah it's we've it's we're trusting the process it's, it's scary but it's like I feel a wee bit like I'm on the edge of the cliff and it's like right how long am I going to dangle before I dive do you know what I mean yeah and I was going to ask you that like was there hesitation before kind of committing to this journey but from that blank page it's almost like it's going to write itself but you're writing it as you're kind of moving anyway yeah I think even whenever I think it was like when yeah February or March like I was studying and working and I felt like I wasn't committed to either mentally or emotionally do you know what I mean I was doing exactly what I needed to do but I felt like I had one foot in each life and it was actually Andrew Lawler and ECA and Lenny the two of them I was like I feel like I'm I feel like I'm not doing anything right I feel like I'm not I don't know if I have so much to learn and then obviously Lenny does what he does and he whips out the quotes and he was like, well, he was like, you know what I told you in your first night here? And I was like, yeah, the more that you, the more, the less that you know, the more you think, you know, and the more that you know, the more that you know there is to know. So that one. And then I was just like, I feel like I'm adding value to nothing. And he was just like, well, even in the city of the blind, the, the one I, the land of the blind, the, the one I, yeah, exactly. The one I, yeah. man is king. And then he's like, or in your case, queen. And he was like, you can always add value. And you can always learn. You can always add value and you can always gain value no matter in what situation you're in. And I was kind of like, oh my God, yeah. Because I felt like in the course that I'm not in the shape I want to be in, everybody was running around rings around me physically. And then Lenny was like, yeah, but you know how to build a business. You know how to market a business. You know the finances. You know like how to start this. So like, you know, you've got the hard stuff nailed. And I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like I was like I completely forgotten my worth. All I would have was doing was focus on what I lacked, and then it was kind of like, um, yeah, it was a really strange place to be. And it was like I watched. Then I came home that evening, and I watched the Devourish Prada. And this is going to sound so silly to so many people, but I grew up in like the girl boss era where it was like Devourish Prada, Miranda Priestley was an icon. And I decided when I watched that at seventeen that I was going to be Miranda Priestley. That was it. I was going to be editor in chief of L yeah. magazine or a CEO by the time I was 26, 27, like I was completely delusional. Like, I mean, there's no reason why you can't do that. But also I thought I was going to walk out of university to do that job. Like, I mean, I, but that's what I mean. I had that unwavering self-belief and that was capable of that. And I would, I was like, where 17 year old me would be disgusted with how things have slipped. So it just kind of went, right, what would 17 year old me do? Because she had the will of, a will of steel and confidence that nobody could break. It was, inc- it was crazy. So that was good but yeah it was a so yeah it's an interesting place where I'm at at the minute it's like I've done all the heavy lifting I've done all the healing because I've done an awful lot of work on over myself over the past couple of years and I had an awful lot of trauma to deal with and now I've got that done and it was really weird I had a, a session with my therapist and she was like Nicole you you've done it you're done and I was like she said you don't need your tank anymore you're not being attacked no one's attacking you and I was like holy shit right enough and um, then I was like working with a food freedom coach as a collaboration and I brought loads of stuff up there the session the day after that so that all that healing was done and I think that was the week before I met you actually and then I went into that business day and I was like right let's go it's time to go like I'm I felt, and then I felt like I hopped onto a treadmill that was already running very fast so that was it but um yeah so I'm just excited to see what happens because it's even things like getting my steps done or starting new series of content like I just started filming a series of content yesterday called the Dander Diaries 
where it's going to be about when's this coming out uh today today okay well that's it's gonna they're releasing from sunday night um but i put that i had that idea like a year ago and i put it off because what if i don't do steps one day and i was like how about i just do the steps every day and then I was like re-listening to Atomic Habits and just like building the habits of someone who does the steps every day. So that is a really long waffly answer to the question you asked. I don't even actually remember what the question was now. Well, like I'm just, <laughs> I'm looking at the questions I was going to ask you and it's like, you're, you're covering lots of them already because mm. you talked about like who supported you during those times when you were kind of committing to the path ahead. You mentioned Lenny, you mentioned Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, PJ, Paddy Joe was amazing. I had a a good two and a half hour, half two and a half hour Zoom meltdown to that man. I won't laugh. It's been yeah. like all, it's all good, been all good vibes since. Yeah, and you mentioned then some of the challenges as well, and yeah, and like that, I'm going to a therapist next Wednesday because of the coaching work that I do. Like I, I'm trying to look after myself and keep myself right. Yeah. So, um, I, I value that, and that's part of your journey as well, and it makes such a difference then to who you are mm-hmm. and how you show up for other people because you're a, a cleaner version of who you were yeah right, you just take them back 100%. off that dust it's exactly and like if there's things even now with like I've done so much healing people you still get triggered by things mm. like there was a situation that happened to me this week and I was like I am level nine triggered here and I don't couldn't figure out why and then I was like who does this person remind me of what is this the way I'm being spoken to reminding me of and it came to me straight away it was like my mom and me didn't have the best relationship when I was a teenager and it reminded me of how my mom used to speak to me when I was a teenager and as soon as I real, I was like right okay I don't actually have to take that on it has no power over me I can move forward and just get the rid of the emotions and handle it like an adult take a step back realize it's actually not about me and just do what needs to be done yeah do you know what I mean yeah. so that was quite it's quite freeing but how are you getting on with your stuff uh, good she said to me in our first session like I don't really know why you're here <laughs> well, that's the like, biggest compliment ever cheers, cheers for that but i'll see you in a couple of weeks anyway yeah so. i take the check anyway though which... <laughs> yeah. and i paid her up front for the next session and she's like you don't have to pay me up front and i'm like yeah but that's okay but i'm just i'm diligent like i want to do the yeah. work and i want to do these things because i care about it a lot and i've yeah. like you said before that quote about it's done in kruger the more you know the more you know you don't know yeah basically. i know i have so much to learn so i'm just so open to it yeah and that's amazing that's one thing I noticed about you is you're so receptive to learning and you're so like I think when you're being a you're such a good coach but you're also so coachable and Lenny's the same like he's like you were coaching him and it was like you were like do this do that straight away and I mean instantly changed it and I was like oh my god Phil ever coaches me he'd be like Nicole (laughs) (laughs) um but it was interesting as well like it was just mad to see and it's so good and to actually have the opportunity to be in the room with some of the greatest minds of our generation and learn from some people in the industry and I think people think the fitness industry is something that's like full of meatheads and like full of roids and like all this here stuff and of course I'm sure there are is that side to it or maybe there was once upon a time it's definitely not like that anymore at least not the people that I'm surrounded by and it's just the best industry in the world like and I'm only a dip and a toe at the edge but I'm like let's swan dive into this pool I'm ready like it's class everyone's yeah. amazing and there honestly is a space for everybody yeah and when you when you kind of think about this kind of journey that you're on so clearing the page and, and mm-hmm. writing a new story and living into it and habits and all of these kind of things that you're moving towards mm-hmm if we go back to the butterfly picture that I showed you, right? Mm-hmm. H- how do you handle people that want to keep you as a caterpillar when actually you know you're moving towards being a butterfly? Oh, it's hard, you know. It is hard. It is really hard because sometimes you have to look at go, are they, you have to kind of, right. Basically, a lot of the time they're trying to keep you safe. And you have to realize that a lot of the time it comes from a place of love. You can tell sometimes when it comes from Did you jealousy. All my stuff. No, um, but this is just my therapy head talking. <laughs> this is all I talk about. Fear is love wrapped up. It is, but it's also because my it's because of the work I've done in my relationship with my mother. She is an amazing lady who's so full of love, but is also so full of fear, and her main core value is security whereas mine is freedom so we are total opposites so she cannot understand me at all (laughs) she's like what but like me knowing that I am able to have compassion for and it's hard sometimes because I do have um 
I'm very, I'm, no, my impatience has always held me back. I'm working on this. Um, I tend to be impatient at times. I'm not an impatient person. I just tend to have a habit of being impatient yeah, sometimes. Good catch. Thank you. And then um, when, so whenever I feel myself getting irritable with her, I take a step back and see where she's coming from. She wants the best for me. She wants to keep me safe. She wants to be like secure. Like imagine like a really overbearing comical Italian mother and like a film who's like, oh, Antonio, why you got spaghetti? Oh, why you not see mama no more? Like that's the way she wants to keep her son close to her. Like my mom is like that. It's like, but what you have to realize is that like, do you ever see whenever somebody gets a puppy and they hug it so tight the puppy's like I have a brain that's what that person is doing to you and you have to like handle that then the other side of the coin is the people who maybe either they maybe not are ready to look at themselves or they're not ready to look at where they're at or not ready to admit that maybe they're not happy with their own life and there's a bit of a what's the word can I swear there's a bit of a who the fuck does she think she is like and there's also a bit of a a, like a kind of oh you've changed element you're not there for me to fill my cup because you're filling your own there's a bit of that and I've experienced a fair bit of that to be honest it's like whenever I was putting myself first these first six months these last six months um I did end up finding out like who and maybe I could have communicated it better like listen I'm really focusing on myself I'm not going to be able to be there for you as much as I normally am and then there is that kind of element where you kind of go actually okay you're attacking me right now and I'm really not really here for it so you can go and take that somewhere else and while their feelings might be warranted that you are not as there for them as you normally would be they probably weren't as there for you either or maybe not even as there for themselves so there is that kind of aspect of people who will watch you pruning your garden and looking after your plants and trimming the buds off your roses and all that stuff and going but why is she paying attention to her garden and not mine do you know what I mean whereas before if you'd have been one of those people who went around like I was who went around watering everybody else's patch of earth and neglected your own then when you start watering their own they're like I'm thirsty (laughs) Why are you not giving me your water? Do you know what I mean? Because they've got used to that standard. And then, but it's actually, you're like, I have to be best friends to me before I can be best friends to you. And if you can't handle that for a few months, that's okay. But it's probably means I'm, I'm going to just leave that at that. And that's hard. It hurts. It's not, it's not easy. It's not nice. And it doesn't feel good. Well, it's because it's a rule (laughs) or a standard that you hold as Mm -hmm. in, and and you see them as an or it's either I look after everybody else or yeah. I look after myself. We never find mm-hmm. the and it's a, I can look after other people and yeah. I can look after myself. Yeah. It's just the join. It's the and they yeah, don't have it's... to be separate. And no, the rule sometimes is, and I've seen it in some of the notes I've taken from coaching conversations. Mm-hmm. I look after everyone, mm-hmm. everyone, really everyone. Right. You look after you too, honey. This, this is the thing we fall victim mm-hmm. to these little phrases that we say and they imprison us yeah and you literally form yourself into a tree but hidden behind a wall <laughs> so do you want to say more about that uh yes so before we press record in this conversation Phil was telling me a bit about uh what you're presenting at the summit which is going to be really exciting um if you haven't got your ticket by the way (laughs) tickets still available also please feel free to contact me you can get a ticket through me just saying that message me on instagram Uh, but um what was i gonna say yeah so basically phil was saying about this exercise and what you're pitching what you're talking about summit is uh butterflies no i want to give away the minimum oh my goodness i can't believe i'm just kidding i want to tease oh my god did you actually do that to me yeah i did don't worry (laughs) Can say I actually say those three points? Of course you can. I'm only teasing. Stomach fell into my arse. Um, but yeah, so it was butterflies, trees, and bullshit. So basically, we we're talking about the butterflies, we we're talking about the bullshit. But then whenever you were like, okay, this is a, a coaching exercise to do, pick a tree. Straight away, I've seen a lot of trees in my life. I've been in a lot of trees in my life. And the first tree that came to my head was a cherry blossom in my friend's garden. Now, this friend has a particularly high wall behind her garden. Most of the trees actually hidden, but you get the odd beautiful petal that comes down onto the ground. And then whenever you start explaining, oh, but the tree represents yourself. I was like, oh, fucking course it does. <laughs> like, 
because most of this tray is hiding behind a wall <laughs> and only the like prettiest bits get over the top no one actually gets to see the roots and the real strength of that tree but we'll get there that wall's coming down it's fine yes and that's the purpose of the exercise is just to try and literally you externalize out of yourself onto mm-hmm. something else and yeah. you then realize more about yourself from that exercise yeah so i have had like an ex-premier league footballer has done it and mm-hmm. he's like oh my goodness i can't believe when he was a footballer earning whatever he was earning he had mm-hmm. like this big rounded tree that had all, of, all of these fancy petals and leaves on it or whatever and you realize like one of the questions is so there's three trees that you pick the last one is how do you want to be remembered when you die and he drew because we were screen sharing. He drew mm-hmm. because we couldn't do it live. This tree that had like barely any, uh, no leaves, just the tiny stalk and the and the root of the, or the, the trunk of the tree. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And what he said is, I used to think life was about all of this distracting stuff. Yeah. Now I realize it's only about family and the things that matter to me most. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit balls. That's, That's so crazy. Cool. <laughs> it's That's so crazy. Cool. I love that. Yeah. So I, I have that. a tree and I've been sent a couple of trees by people that have done the exercise mm-hmm. as well. And like, it's definitely worth taking a look at. Yeah. The thinking is just so cool. I want to really be a palm tree. You can. When I die. Well, yeah, I think it's because it's tall and free and like in the breeze. Chilling. <laughs> nice. And you can. I will. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. So when you think about this kind of clearing the deck, clearing some of the, the dust or the stories that are holding you back. And now you're looking forward. How do you, like, what goes through your mind to kind of push you forward? What are you reminding yourself of or telling yourself that's kind of <clears throat> moving you forward, even though it's difficult and even though it's a lot uh, mm-hmm. and it's busy and all that kind of stuff. And like, you've a lot on your plate as well. So mm-hmm. what, what keeps you going forward? What do you remind yourself of? Or what are the stories or what are you moving towards as well? What's that picture? Um, what's keeping my thought process that's keeping me going is probably the same one that pushed me so far in therapy is like whenever I was in therapy, if I was about to come up with a memory or a thought, or there'd be a little voice in my head that went, don't you fucking dare say that. So if there's a voice in my head that goes, don't you dare fucking do that, that I know it's the right thing that needs to do, that needs to happen. Essentially, because that. So I call it the civil service voice. Yeah. I don't know why it's called. I just, I call it the civil service voice. But if that civil service voice in my head goes absolutely not a chance, then I'm like, that's what's happening. So yeah, that's what's basically, that's what's happening. Um, there is a lot of doubt where I go. Um, and this is an identity that I've been realized that I've had I think I realized that I had it before but I'm only really tapping into it this week is because um, I'm going but I'm not someone who's consistent I'm not someone who sticks to things I don't finish things out this is not what I do I always let things slide and then I was just like but that's because I built the habits of someone who lets things slide and who's inconsistent so now you just have to like stack up. I have what I have, not you, me. What I have to do is like just keep doing the things that the person I want to become will do to make those things happen. And whether I feel like doing them or not, that's irrelevant. It's just basically about creating the environment and like the decision that means that I'll be like, doesn't matter if I want to get my steps done. Like I could not think of anything worse than going out and getting 1,000 and 88 steps 2088 steps after this conversation but it's going to happen if it's up and down the driveway I don't care it's happening um but it's just one of those things where I'm like yeah if there's voice that voice in my head goes off then I know it's the right decision and also there's that tornado of words of self-doubt of like what if this feels that you'll never get there that's never going to happen for you that's never happened before you before like that didn't sell that didn't happen that didn't work why would this work why is this different and you're just like because you've never actually really given yourself a shot I was always someone who's very fortunate in school I hosted with the bare minimum and got really good grades and I've always been able to kind of do that do you know what I mean and so this is my first time to work my ass off and I'm like and I was explaining this to my coach the other day. I was like, um, do you know what's actually holding me back from like weight loss from everything? Is that like, if I actually do what I want to do, 
I'm scared of the person that I'm going to become. She's intimidating as shit. Like she's a powerhouse, but I'm also like, I want to be her so badly, but I'm also like, is it going to be lonely up there? Are people going to like me less? Is that going to be harder to swallow? Are people going to think I'm a bitch? Are people going to be like, oh, she only pretended to be nice. Um, You know, she's not all she seems like she's very selective about things. But, you know, when you're like, God, but that's sometimes what it takes. And that's not about like, it's about where my time and energy is spent. And I am, I am scared of myself and who, like that person I want to be. Like I I call her the Phoenix. Have you ever seen like that bit in X-Men whenever Jean comes, like raises up and fulfills her power and she kills everybody? (laughs) I'm like, is that going to be me? Oh, that's a good catch. So that's a good catch. So that's a narrative. I worked that out yesterday. Unbelievable. Thank you. Go me. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it's now a, an invitation then to rewrite that story with you not killing mm-hmm. everybody, but being able to inspire, motivate, mm-hmm. be there for other people as an example. Mm-hmm. And have you heard of Marianne Williamson? No. Uh, she says, um, it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Oh, I think I have heard that before. But no, that is scary. But I'm also, yeah, like when I think about like what I want to do and where I want to be in five to 10 years. And then I think about like doing like the public speaking gigs I want to do and writing the books I want to write and doing those tours and doing all those different things that I want to do. I'm like, right, okay, whenever I come home at the end of the day and go to the hotel room, could I go to sleep? I'm going to be really lonely. And I'm like, but I'm also like, fuck, hotel rooms are great. <laughs> like, I love, I'm going to be with my favorite person. I love hanging out with myself. Do you know what I mean? So like, I'm not, I'm probably not going to be that lonely. And it's maybe I will sometimes, but you know what? That's okay. Like, and I think we're so afraid of feeling sad or angry or lonely or all these different things. I'm not, I'm like, bring it. It's fine. It's clearly bringing up something I need to handle. If I'm lonely, that means I need to connect with somebody. And maybe it's time to put a bit of love into those like relationships and build those foundations. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I've been neglecting that if I feel lonely. It's a uh, loneliness is seeing the negative of being on your own. Solitude yeah. is mm-hmm. seeing the positives of being on your own. So yeah. you could be solid uh, having experiencing. I don't know what the word is. Experiencing solitude it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be loneliness. Yeah. And I think I've got like, I think I've gotten a bit hermity. Like I would have always lots been, of people have don't well, worry. before lockdown. Like I remember Laura McLean, you know, Laura McLean, yeah. she was my mindset coach for a while and she's an amazing person she's one of my best friends in the whole world and I remember we were sitting having a chat on FaceTime one day and we were trying to find find a time this is pre-lockdown when we could go for a walk or something I can't remember and I just remember being like oh no and she was like how do you have so many plans in your diary like you're literally booked up and I was constantly driving here there and everywhere driving two hours and then three hours and then all this here person people to see people who were my friends of course but I like I was always running around going to them exhausting myself and leaving myself unable to perform in the week at work or in my own in the gym just like I was just running on empty all the time basically and I remember when lockdown came in everyone went oh god we have to stay inside for three weeks I was like we have to stay inside for three weeks and then it was like extended I was like six weeks and it was like nine weeks and then everyone was like oh my god just let us out I was like keep with it I'm fine with this and then um like once even like the bars and stuff opened I was like no I can't be arsed and like the gym opened and I was like yeah keep the gyms open I'm happy with that and then I went to Belfast everything opened up again I went like obviously moved out of my mom's house, moved in with one of my best friends and um, went to the pub a lot at out, drank all the cocktails, had the best time ever, made up for all the lost, lost socializing, proper burnt myself out, made up for lost time and then woke up in 2022 and went, ah, no, I can't be arsed. Like I had the most Christmassiest Christmas that ever Christmas. And then, yeah, I think, yeah, it's just not my vibe anymore. Like I'm just more content, like vegetating. <laughs> Yeah. roots down that's the better way to put it nice good tree analogy again right <laughs> thank you we love plants <laughs> all about plant power these days <laughs> <laughs> so what what are some of the lessons that you wish you knew like years ago i so let me don't... let me let me draw it for you right so what i've tried mm-hmm. to do is set can i answer that adventure. first before before you do this 
Yeah, of course. But we're doing a little loop and we're coming back home okay. now. So these are the lessons that you return back with. I really am glad I didn't learn any of the lessons other than when I learned them. Nice insight. Really because nice insight. even like something stupid, like the biggest mistake I've ever made was signing a guarantor form. And even that, I'm like, it was a really expensive lesson, but thank God I learned it because I would not be, I would be still, I'd probably still be a doormat if I'd never done that and learned that it doesn't matter how much you love someone or how much you think someone's not going to screw you over. They will to save themselves. Don't put yourself in the position to be steamrolled because I was constantly doing that. So that's like my biggest mistake. But I'm also like, if I hadn't have learned at the pace that I had have learned at, I wouldn't be me. And I've come to think I'm pretty great. So I'm like, nah, I wouldn't. I don't wish I'd learned any lessons at any different times. I'm pretty happy with how the trajectory, what's the opposite of a trajectory? What's like the backwards of a trajectory? Trajectory? No. I, Reflection. I anyway, basically, I'm pretty happy things. with the view in the rearview mirror. Route 66 looks good. <laughs> <laughs> and if I, I love that, and it's such like, again, I, I hope it translates to you that that's a very good insight to have already. Thank you. I think, yeah, I didn't realize lots, I had it till you asked. Lots of people <laughs> will not realize the benefit of getting to where they are. And you are the, you are the sum of everything that's happened to you. So for example, mm-hmm. I wrote out the other day on my journal, four words, I just am here. So I'm not mm-hmm. ahead not behind mm-hmm. just am where I am and that's mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and it was so freeing because I thought I needed to be something else I needed mm-hmm. to try something else or whatever it's mm-hmm. like nah like you're saying I wouldn't change it everything has taken me to exactly here mm-hmm. we're meant to be having this conversation you know exactly it meant to happen none of this stuff happened right but so. it's so weird because I heard your name so many times yeah uh, yeah like from I think it was Laura mentioned you first and I was like all right cool like somebody who Laura knows who works at Citibank and she mentioned that you coached as well. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I think somebody else, I think maybe was I a, a talk that Phil Graham gave? And he mentioned you, I think, maybe. And then and then like I just kept whenever I started ECA, I just had Phil Phil Brady, Phil Brady, Phil Brady. And then I was just like, right. And then you were chatting, and then you were like, I think you said to me, because I was wearing yellow and blue that day and you were like Ukraine colors was that intentional and I was like no it actually wasn't I had no idea who you were I was like well I'll notice that I was like I'll take it and then I meant to like come back and chat to you but you were like in the middle of a conversation with Annie so I didn't want to interrupt and then you were I just like we we're sitting chatting or everyone was sitting chatting Lanny was giving us talk and then he asked for feedback from you and you gave it to him and I was like holy shit that's Phil Brady and I didn't even realize it <laughs> and then I was like well, as soon as I realized how you are I was like come here we need to talk <laughs> Which was really fun. I'm I'm honored. I promise I'm just normal too. Right? <laughs> we're, we're all just normal. I don't know. I actually I remember doing a talk, and this is meant to be about you, but hopefully you don't mind me sharing. No, my well, God, please. I remember doing a talk for Lenny's last business day. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there was on because I did the ECA course as well, right? And the group that I did it with made memes of me. One of them is me on the face of so I'm the, my face on like on like Jesus and palms open and this kind of stuff. They used to call me Phil the tank. So they what? put my face on the end of the turret of a tank. That's the end of these, right? It's so funny. They had me as, you know, like the face on uh, like a, a sphinx or a, a pharaoh. Yeah. All of these kind of things. And they just made all of this. So I said to the group, this is who you think I am. I promise I'm not. This is me cuddling Elvis and my wife on the couch and I have a cat. I'm a normal person. I'm not any of this absolute bullshit stories. I'm just so normal. Like, but it's just, you're such a good teacher and you're so good at like making things make sense. That is what you make people's thoughts make sense because everyone's thought is like a washing machine and you help people think in a straight line. So it's nice. I'm writing this down. You're at your grant. You're, you, I'll trademark them all. You can, you know, pay a me for them later. It's license fine. you. <laughs> washing machine to straight line. Or washing line, whatever. If you, oh. want to, if you want to stick with the washing analogy, I'll allow it. 
<laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> so, oh, and there's a beautiful rainbow outside. Oh, Lovely. do I have a rainbow? No, Symbolizes. I don't. It's actually a double one. That's oh. kind of cool. Oh my God. One for you, one for me. <laughs> one for this combo. So, if somebody listening wanted to be a hero in their story, if they wanted to pick themselves up from where they are, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them? What are the three things that you tell them? They want to be a hero in their own story. Mm-hmm. Realize that they're not the hero in everyone else's. Mm-hmm. You're also not the main character in anyone else's story, but your own. Mm-hmm. And inside your head is one of the darkest places to be sometimes so spend more time in your body than in your mind that's what i would tell you we have lots to talk about with that one mm-hmm. um, what will we get into a wee second yeah do we have time okay so well, what i mean by that is like <clears throat> people's thoughts whenever something that they decide is negative can happen. Like things happen in life, they're neutral events. It's our thoughts that we choose to have that decide how we feel about them. And this took me so long to get. And of course there are things that are always gonna hurt, they're always gonna make you upset, but you can completely decide how that affects you. And I didn't realize that. I thought people who told me that were taking the piss until you do the work, it's a thing. Um, so, what I mean by that is that like pay attention to your body's reaction to something before you pay attention to your mind's reaction to something because your mind will be going 95,000 miles an hour like everyone goes on at me for how fast I talk you should hear how fast my brain goes it's insane like so when you're already say for example like let's just take you see a message from a girl on your boyfriend's phone okay straight away your brain is going anger resentment fuck him like i'm gonna punch her lights out like blah, 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 blah. all this here crazy stuff like he's cheating on me blah, blah. and it could literally be his sister's friend being like here have you heard from it like your sister i have it could be something really innocent but pay attention to how your body reacts if your like body stiffens your hands can go into fists you get heat across here your body's going to fight or flight you're ready to fight and you're just like okay my body's like really reacting very strongly about this how about to take three deep belly breaths recalibrate this emotions like chill out my autonomic nervous system realize that probably nothing is attacking me here and even if he is cheating on me I'm not cheating to him it's fine it's not a big deal like of course it's gonna hurt it's gonna take you a while to get over but it's one of those things if that was happening you can still walk away nobody's making you stay there do you know what I mean even if it is pain if it is hurt that's okay you will get past it and it's like everything else as Tom Hanks always says this too shall pass like even the good stuff the bad stuff if you're riding the wave high that too will pass if you're in a trough and you're really in the lowest ebb you're like that too will pass like and it's one of these things that you just have to really have a bit of patience and take your time but if you keep your attention on your body rather than your mind and all the thoughts that are swimming around in there like a washing machine it will keep you right do you know what I mean you can always do your body will always be able to do what you want it to do it's capable of anything it's your mind that holds you back essentially in a bit I'll I'll send you a video I'd recorded about something that'll make a lot of sense to you about what you've just said okay cool I'm excited I already have it recorded it's on it, it talks to a really interesting model that I base mm-hmm. my coaching around and that's why I wanted to study ECA, study oh. the PTN, because yeah. I was paying attention to leaders and their mindsets. So like Lenny in front of the room, yeah, I can tell him to do something, but actually uh-huh. it's his body that needs to also nearly embody what that yeah. new thing is. Yeah. So there's a, there's a structure to how we get there. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool when you learn it. And yeah. it can make a big difference to you when you think For about sure. mental health and stuff like that. Yeah well mentally is also Uh well physically and vice Mm -hmm. versa so unwell mentally is unwell physically too so the two are so interconnected we ignore our bodies we live in our minds it's crazy we don't even treat ourselves like a human we don't eat we don't drink water we don't get fresh air we don't breathe properly all these kind of things and physiologically i can show you it on a chart what these things do if you get them right oh my gosh that's so powerful it's crazy 
So yeah. I track my heart rate variability with an aura yeah, ring. Yeah, an about this. I remember you telling me this, yeah. So, I know a few people who have aura rings, actually. So I watch my recovery and I track it and I mm. measure my sleep and all these kind of things because I know when I get it right, I get it mm-hmm. right. And it makes well, it's, it does. And it's like, have you ever read um, How the Body Keeps the Score? Yeah. Oh, banging book. Like, because yeah. my therapist, um, there was a memory and it was a bullying memory I had of a child. And I remember it used to, oh my God, like in the tears, it used to bring to my eyes when I thought about it. But she was like, Nicole, look at what your body's doing. And I was actually curling myself up like this. I was getting so small. I couldn't even look. I was looking at the floor and it was like that. So she actually did physical work around me. I had, is it EDMR or EMDR? Uh, I think it's eye movement. one of them. Eye movement. Oh, eye movement. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's EMDR, yeah? EMDR. So she did that with me first. But it was insane. Like when you see that the memories on the other side of your brain, it was like I couldn't get into it. I couldn't tap into it. It just got a complete power over my emotions. I was drowning in this memory. And it was something that if you described it to anybody, they'd be like, that's not trauma. But like to me, it was the biggest thing in the world. I was like devastated. And um, once it was moved to the other side of my brain, it was like I was able, my body was able to process it and flush it out. But it was really interesting whenever your body like when I say your body will always keep right it's like what's your body's reaction to that how does that make you feel because sometimes you can't make sense of it and you don't understand how you're feeling or why but if your body's like curling up it's because you're being submissive you're being suppressed you're being squished so if you're in something or like I was thinking about like I was having a conversation with someone and even like she was like what's your body reacting to it and when the conversation was happening they were on this side of my face and I physically did not want to turn my head to that direction because I was like, mm. and she made, like she got me to do it several times till it lost its power over me. And it's really interesting when you start doing that kind of physical therapy. Like there's some things that talking just will not solve. But when you're willing to kind of go into the physical side of your healing, oh, it's bananas. And then there was another time she came around and she pressed out on my shoulders till I had to sugar off and get that pressure off me. And it was really powerful. Highly recommend. It was so good. Nice. Mm. So and, yeah, more time in your body, not your mind. And and don't judge the trauma though, because trauma is just when the external situation or event yeah. is greater than your capacity to handle it. Yeah. So anything above that, and especially as a child, you ingrain it into like the most basic primal part of your brain. You haven't learned the coping mechanisms like take a breath yeah. or ask somebody or talk to somebody mm-hmm. about it. You haven't learned those things. It's crazy, like. And you haven't you're learned those like tools are like it's not about me this is about them yeah and then it's like now looking back on what they were going through at the time i'm like well no fucking wonder it looked like i had the picture perfect life from their perspective yeah so they wanted to squish me so it was like fair, fair play again it's like he's managed <laughs> well i know all for now but the cherry blossom is coming out oh god i ready to knock it down have you ever seen lord of the rings it's like ah. <laughs> So tell me this, as, let, let, so we'll draw to a close, right? Mm-hmm. What do you, what should I have asked you that I didn't? Well, it depends what you wanted to know. It also depends what you wanted to say. I don't think, I don't know. I didn't, I don't, I don't, whenever I come on to a podcast, I never know what I want to say until I say it. <laughs> basically and then I'm like oh that's what needed to come out fair enough that's grand so no I wouldn't change a damn thing it was fabulous really enjoyed one it of the one of the guys that was on the last one Patter who spoke at that business oh, Patter Hughes well, yeah he's lovely he asked me a good question and he said what did I learn from you as in I should have asked him what he learned from me oh okay and I'm like that's a brilliant question but I would be I'm not arrogant enough to ask it but I'm going to be arrogant enough and ask you, what did you learn from me? What did I learn from you? Hmm, hold on. There's a few things. Let me pack my favorite. Um, let me, let me make them. Let me put them in a straight line first. Hold on. Um, I learned that my identity is what was holding me back the most. Yeah, for sure. I learned that it was like I had decided what my identity was and I was living as that person. And if I didn't want to be that any person, that person anymore, then I had to put the habits and actions in to change that identity. So 
yes that was a for sure because I kind of forgot that yeah and I was like yeah I can choose my own identity and I didn't even think like oh identity is what it's what's holding me back yeah and if back to atomic habits identity process outcome right mm-hmm. I'm re-listening to it at the minute because as soon as you said that I was like I need to listen to that again because I've forgotten it but yeah it was totally like identity process yeah habits outcome yeah 100 and it was like yeah so if I want to have the identity of somebody who does this then I need to have the habits and processes of someone who does that therefore I need to create an environment that allows those habits to form easily so that I can create those processes that allow me to form that identity and I was just like I stop being a giant twat Nicole just get over it or I was like what is it Andrew give me the best advice ever Nicole fuck up and get all that that's probably the, the like my favorite piece of advice I've ever gotten the fact that he's only 24 is insane yeah it's crazy yeah. it blows my mind like yeah. so but when we're here what was your favorite thing that you learned learned from me just be yourself be yourself yeah took me a long lots time to learn people, that one day lots of people need to hear that mm-hmm. they really do I was at a talk recently, Nigel Owens, the rugby referee, and he was saying it took him years to accept that he was gay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so sad. And so he was hiding who he was from himself and from everyone around him. And he tried to commit suicide and he just couldn't accept who he was because when he saw what gay was portrayed as in the TV, mm-hmm. it wasn't who he wanted to be. So he's like, well, if that's who I am and I don't want to be that, Mm-mm. well, then why am I here? So he went through the work and did the work and now he appreciates and accepts who he is mm-hmm. so be yourself whatever 100%. that is and I think as well when it comes to that work of being yourself people don't realize they think that being yourself is just some sort of thing you can switch you can flip it is hard work and being yourself is a skill it is hard sometimes to be yourself because it takes a lot of you have to really find out who you are first mm-hmm. before you can be yourself, I think. And, it's yeah. and you also, and how you figure that out is actually what you said, which is back to listening to your body. Your yeah. body will tell you who you are. hundred percent. We need to tune into it. Yeah. Get the tuning forks out. <laughs> uh, Nicole, an honor. Such a nice conversation. Yeah, I love Such that. Such a wander through lots of different things, but I appreciate your time. I appreciate on a Friday evening taking the time to do this, but I also appreciate just how honest and humble and vulnerable and honest and all the other words that you are and honest. that you embody and how honest you are. And I just, I just think you will, you will, impact lives in a positive way in ways that you don't yet know and i'm so excited to see it unfold and i say this to everybody i am your coach for life you are stuck with me so anything (laughs) i can do to help i'm happy to and i just again i just appreciate you taking the time to be on it well honestly it was whatever you asked me i was like hey for real honestly me but yeah no it's nice and yeah I will definitely take you up on that coach for life thing let's let the unicorn out it's time to shine bitches (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having me you're welcome